Hey, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast, uh, episode 156. This week we've got a new guest, um, someone new to this podcast, uh, but someone I only really recently met, I'm going to say. Um, comics writer, uh, he does a few podcasts himself. Um, I've just reread two of his comics, bloody good. It's only Dave Craner. How you doing, you right? Hello, how are you? I'm good, man, good. We have just been talking for about half an hour, so I know that feels slightly unusual to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, re- repeat ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've had a busy day, have you? Been working and all that? No, well, I was off today. I had a busy weekend. I was uh, it was the uh, weekend away with the in-laws, which is always very good. Um, and yeah, today I've just had the, the the kids chewing my ear off about absolutely everything. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm now just managing to sit back, relax, uh, and have a wee blather with you, which I'm really Good man. Good. Well, we have you've chosen this, the book to talk about, and I'm glad you chose it because it's a favourite of mine that I haven't really read up until recently. I read it once uh, and absolutely loved it. Um, so did you want to just let everyone know what we're going to be talking about, dude? Yeah, no bother. So we or I've chosen um, Scalp um, by Jason Arden and R.M. Guerra. Um, it's a, a, the first, the trade, so I think it's, um, issues one to six or yep. floppies, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, it's an absolutely fantastic book. It's a, a, a based on an Indian reservation. That's how they, that's what they describe it as anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Prairie Rose Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Um, and yeah, it's just grim from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I've read all ten trade, trades of them. Uh, it does not get any. It does not it doesn't let up it's just, it gets worse at some points doesn't it yeah there's some no. things that happen to the protagonists yeah yeah it, it drags you down and down <laughs> <laughs> so but we'll, we're going to go back into it but i think because you're new i think we should maybe just talk a little bit about your background in comics so we i know we just had a chat about it but what, what were your sort of early loves comic wise dude yeah, they love you know i think looking looking back if you, if you trace it right right back i've kind of always read comics i've never i've never been like a, a, a reading a proper novel kind of guy i've always read comics my dad used to get me um the sunday post every week okay um, and i used to yeah Urwilly and the bruins yeah every, every single week and i would just kind of double page spread basically and i just used to sit i think i actually was possibly reading comics before i could actually read yeah. The, the images, the illustrations that I, I really, really like. Um, that brought me on to the Bino, um, as you know, every kid does. I think you know, with the Bino, you just get kids getting into trouble. That kind yeah. of thing. Just, I just liked that. And then my uncle John, possibly, I think for my Christmas, I think I was ten years old, too young for it to be fair. But I think he got me a Judge Dredd annual. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that, that just uh, twisted your young mind. Yeah. Twisted my young mind. Um, already slightly twisted to be fair. Yeah. Well, that's part of my theory about one of your comics, which I know we're going to talk to at the end of the episode. Um, but I have a little theory about Dread there. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And maybe as an influence. It's, uh... Yeah, well, I'm sure he is. I mean, 2000 AD. I mean, I read, you know, that got me into, just Dread got me into big boy comics, as I like to call them, Marvel, yeah. DC, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I regularly bought a 2000 AD um, whenever I could, just to, just to, pour over the pages and just and just even dread was like I mean when you're ten years old in your face with a guy with a big massive gun. It, it was actually the one I remember was Mean Machine. Oh yeah. That image, you know, that that with the dial in his head, big yeah. horrible mutant looking guy with a big um, metal robotic arm. As a ten year old that is just oh, who is this Yeah, that was cool, isn't it? Yeah. These days yeah. kids all look they're doing heroin and looking at internet porn. But that back then it was quite shocking for us, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the um, funny you should mention it though. So rewinding a little bit, but um, Earl Willie um, and the Bruins is so individual to Scotland. We don't get it here in England. I, I suspect there's American listeners who will not have a Scooby Doo about what that is. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's think... so so ingrained in your in your country, isn't it? You know. But yeah, big time. I was really really surprised. I mean. Um... I think I, I, I found this out possibly years ago um, that Urwilly was, you know, Urwilly in the Bruins was pretty much just Scotland. And it, at that point, I realised, like, okay, fair enough, because it is written in Scottish slang. 
Yeah. It's difficult to read, and if I have not read an Orwellian or Bruins for a, for a while, it is quite difficult for yeah. me to pick it back up and, and, and read it. Um, so I can see why it was, you know, it's kind of confined to Scotland. But what surprised me was uh, maybe two or three years ago, I was on a podcast, and I was speaking to a guy who's a big comics publisher, uh, down south, an independent comics publisher down south, and he still didn't know about it. Oh, wow. And I found that really surprising. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. You don't know. There you go. That, 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 was, that was really surprising, but yeah. Because they have yeah. little statues and trails you can walk around the Urwilly, you know, stuff yeah, like that, don't they? Over, they're all over the place. Everywhere you go in Scotland, there's a somewhere close, there's an Urwilly. You know, if you go into a, a Scottish gift shop, you're going to see the rascally Urwilly. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Really good. Yeah, yeah. So, we, we've chosen this book. Now, um, how did you discover Scout? Was it um, an impulse buy? Because the way you've told me before is you were kind of into comics and then you kind of you, you left it for a while. When I think, yes. was it Beer and Ladies is, is normally the story? Or, Be- you know? Beer and Ladies, that is 100%. It. So, you know, I was reading <laughs> comics um, until about, probably about the age of 16. Right. Uh, I used to get the, you know, I don't know what it was. I think it was a Marvel UK Weekly, possibly. Could be, yeah, yeah. It was, it was the X Men that I was, I was reading at that point in time. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure what it was, but I was getting them anyway. And then you know, work just took over because I, I left school at an early age and just worked full time. Yeah. And um, I was always, it was almost like that, you know, forbidden fruit. You know, it was in the background comics. I wanted to read more comics. And every time I read the newspaper, and there'd be an article of some, you know, Superman dying or Batman doing this. I was always, you know, really, really interested in it. Yeah. And. I started, probably late 20s, I thought, right, I'm just going to get back into it. I still randomly would pick up a 2000 DD yeah. um, in, in the, in the newsagents. Also difficult to get comics from where I was living, or where I live. Not so much yeah. now, but it, definitely back then it was, it, was, it was difficult to get them. Still is, um, man. I mean, 2000 AD, you're kind of lucky if you're going to see it in a John Menzies or a WA Smiths, aren't you? Um, yeah, I suppose the only regular is Viz, really, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I, I started. I thought, right, okay, I'm going to get back into comics. And at this, this point in time, online shopping was a, was a thing. And what I found, I found it difficult to pick up a, a Batman book or a, a Captain America book or an X Men book and understand what was going on. Right. I was in the middle of a storyline, and so I started looking out for other things. And I think what actually happened was I seen a, a floppy for Scalped, and it was a jump on period, and it was like. It was a late issue, to be honest, and I thought, right, I'll okay. grab that. And I thought, this is amazing, and because of that, I went back and I and I, um, I found Scalp number one, trade, you know, right. trade book one or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and so and so, so I got so I picked that up, and it was just, it was just absolutely, it just blew me away. Yeah, it's incredible. It? I mean, we're t- we're talking about the original Vertigo um, trade release of this. I think. So for those that don't know, it came out in in single issues. It ran for was it? It was sixty issues. So it, um, that that converted into ten, you know, newsprint style trades as Vertigo will want to do. But since then, they've they've done it in. I'm going to say five hardbacks. I think. Um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that, yeah, that, in a sort really of prestige good. format. It came out in. Um, it started in issue one. It was January two thousand and seven. There you go. Um, yeah. For me, I was very late to the party. I think I was listening to maybe a podcast like Around Comics, one of those sort of early podcasts. And they were they were saying how good it was, and I eventually started picking the trades up as the easy option to get them, and um, yeah. and I think I've pretty much tore through them all in you know in a few months. Um, yeah, it's not well, a quick read though, Dave. Is it? It's quite a dense read. There's a, there's, there's there's definitely a lot to it. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's a mature read as well as the way. Oh, I, I yeah, I it's, it's definitely yeah. an adult read. Um, but, but no, no one was coming on here. I went straight up to my loft and I, and I, dished it, I, I looked at all the trades. Uh, and so last week I just poured through the whole lot of it. it yeah. And see, I think because I, that's the first time I've actually read them all back to back. Okay. Because you know how you pick up a trade or whatever, and it's a couple of months until you get the next one, and a couple yeah. of months to the following one or whatever, or even just a month for that matter. And so to read them all back to back was it was amazing. It was way better. You're you're obsessed now, man. You're hypnotised uh-huh. by it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like we're reading it all again. So I read Trade One again. So I've read Trade One about three times in the past week. <laughs> well, 
There's a lot in that one. Well, let's just briefly talk about it. So like you say, Jason Aaron Wright, RM Gera, uh, artist, uh, Lee Lowridge, colours, superb colours, man, and we're going to talk a little bit mm. about that. Phil Ballsman, letters. Uh, Jock did the covers, interestingly. Uh, um, are you a Jock fan? or? Well, yes, it was actually the book <laughs> that got me into Jock. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so because obviously, I'm, like I say, I'm pouring over it and I, and I see covers by Jock and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, Jock, that's, this guy's got to be Scottish. He's got, he's got to be, <laughs> sure enough he is. Um, so I saw that, that's that kind of peak of interest for Jock. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about the cover just now? Is that... uh, yeah, let's let's do the, the cover to the trade. Yeah, it's, um, there's a photorealism to it, isn't there, I'm going to say. So it's a, it's a, you know, it is, it is the central character. It's a Dashiell um, bad horse, isn't it? Wearing because you can, he's wearing his nunchucks, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a minute, around his neck. Yeah. But he's got sort of the chief's headdress on, which is a, right. is a hint as to something that happens a few trades down the road, actually, isn't it? You know, right, fair enough. Um, I mean, I think it just the, the the cover is by far one of the best covers I've ever seen. It's just got everything. You you, you see this on the stand, you think, this is the kind of book I want to read. Yeah, you know, it's evocative it's, of what's inside, isn't it, very much so, yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a confident stance, he's got his chin up, you know, as if to say, you know, he's egging you on almost, he's got blood spattering from his chin, <laughs> yeah. uh, down his white vest top, his nunchucks, like you said, around his neck, his big uh, headdress, um, and then there's, a, you know, a sexy silhouette of a lady um, underneath him or, or, or over his white um, T-shirt, yeah. or, uh, vest top, sorry. You can see the casino sign at the bottom left-hand side, and then a silhouette of a, a what looks like a cowboy on a horse. I think that's meant to be Catcher, who's yeah. the bloke on the hill. That character, yeah, yeah. It's definitely Catcher. I think so. Who's one of my favourite characters, actually? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he yeah. is a big part in the whole book. Yeah, is an interesting part actually. So let's mm. let's get into this because we've got a lot to talk about. So, uh, like I said, sixty issues deals with the occupants of the Og Oglala Lakota tribe. Uh, but also men and women who are we're, we're going to be careful. We had a quick chat about this, didn't we, Dave? Online, we're going to be careful about how we refer to people. And I think it's only fair. Um, from what I can see, I've watched a few documentaries on it. What um, I'm going to refer to as the indigenous people or the First Nation people, some of the older people actually don't mind and prefer being called Indians, which is obviously not what they were ever called, but they're kind yeah, of used yeah. to it. But I think we'll probably stay with um, indigenous people i think it's kind of the one that yep. crops up more um so it involves the people in the lakota tribe but also involves people from other tribes uh shankar for example is an outsider isn't he although he's an indigenous person he's an outsider um and they um they are part of this fictional town of prairie rose a reservation in south dakota which if you if you read up on the lakota tribe is south dakota is where they settled um, the right. Black Hills of Dakota and stuff like that. Um, originally, as legend has it, it started out as a relaunch, the DC Western Tile Scalp Hunter. Um, but in the discussions that Jason Aaron had um, with the editors, um, I think Will Dennis especially at uh, Vertigo, it became something completely different. Um, have you ever read any Scalp Hunter? I've not, no, actually, I, I, I've never actually heard of it. To be, to be honest. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a very well-known comic. Um, DC obviously had this little you know, like Jonah Hex and these sort of characters, a little stable of um, right. Western characters. Yeah. Um, it's partly inspired by the story of Leonard Peltier, a um, a man involved in a murder plot um, in 1977, and he's still serving for it 46 years later. He was uh, an Indigenous activist arrested for the murder of two FBI agents on a, in a reservation shootout in 1975. Um, wow, that is exactly what it's what it's been. Like, and it yeah. just, yeah, and it just, yeah. yeah. And I think he's coughed to being involved, but he hasn't said he was responsible. He has, yeah. I think he he says, look, I was involved in the planning of it, but I didn't pull the trigger, which is interesting. Mm. Um, for years, it was rumored to be a pilot or a, a TV series, and I know the pilot was filmed in 2017, but the um, the channel WGN decided not to go to full series. And I've written in my notes here, cunt, for that idea. There you go. Um, you know, you know, I've heard about the, 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 the pilot episode. Sorry, I had heard about the, the possibility of yeah. TV, but I didn't realise they had done a, a pilot and it had been. That's, that is disappointing. I'd quite like to see that, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> Pardon me, sorry. Um, I'm not, if you're a, not sure if you're a Yellowstone fan. Have you watched that series? No, I've not. Well, they're, they're, the head of the, um, the tribe in Yellowstone, I think, was um, Red Crow. 
in it. And he he's perfect casting, to be fair. So, yeah. So there's um, Welcome to the World of the Disenchanted, I think, is, is one of the early phrases in it, isn't it? And um, mm -hmm. it tells the story of... Um, I, I'm going to say, I don't know if you agree, Dashiell Bad Horse is the central character, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, he's He's a mean dude. Yeah. And I think I think we can spoil it, Dave. Did you want to just give a little pen picture of him? Of Dashiel Batos. So he is like, uh, he, well, he, mm, do we, do we, well, it, I'm he thinking is. it's the end of the first issue. And I think, I think it's fair that we right, spoil okay. it. Yeah, I think so. Fair enough. Yeah. So Dashiel Batos has um, come back to the res after 15 years away. Yeah. And he is basically, I mean, it, start, it kicks off, you know, Within page one, or page two, or page three, it starts. There's a battle in a bar, basically. Yeah. Uh, Dash is uh, Dash or, or Bad Horse, you can refer to more often, I think, mm. uh, is in a bar and he picks a fight um, with the, the dog soldiers who are the kind of the police or the kind of chief Red Crow's um, right hand men or henchmen, you like. Yeah. And he is, he's been away for 15 years, no one knows what he's been away for, and he ends up getting hired by Chief uh, Lincoln Red Crow. Yeah. as a, a, an enforcer for him or a police officer for him. Um, and it turns out that Dash is an undercover FBI agent. Best, I'm going to say one of the best last page cliffhangers of the first <laughs> issue I've read. So it's only the first issue. There's 60 issues. Don't panic. There's lots more coming. But uh, a lot more. You'll, and I think even if you go to um, some of the uh, the sales places, it reveals this anyway, but the, you know, yeah. like Amazons, etc. But it ends up with him confronting two FBI agents with a shotgun and you realising... It's like... Um, spoilers again. It's like Reservoir Dogs. You realise he's an undercover cop at that point. He's an undercover cop playing an undercover cop, isn't he? Playing a cop, yeah. essentially. He's playing, he's under, he's, well, he's playing himself. He's undercover as himself. As himself. Yeah, himself. that was strange, wasn't it? I thought, yeah, this, yeah. he's just revealing himself completely because his mum lives on the res, doesn't she? Yeah. His mum lives on the res. He's from that res. His mum lives on the res. She was very much connected to... Uh, Chief Red Crow, um, yeah. basically Agent Nitz, who is Dashiel or Bad Horse, Dashiel Bad Horse's boss. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's got a vendetta against um, uh, Chief Red Crow. Yeah. He is trying to since 1975, and it's it, it set what 2007 is it set? I think I think it's current. Yeah, I think it's around that time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so he's got a, uh, Agent Nitz has got a vendetta against Chief Red Crow, and he is trying to nail him or, or, or pin the murders. Of the two FBI agents in uh, 1975, which Gina Badhorse is Dash's mum, Chief Red Crow, Catcher, and a few other people, <coughs> all had a part in, and that's basically that's basically the storyline. Yeah, and it makes use of those flashbacks, and which slowly gets revealed through this mm -hmm. issue. You begin to to be, to realise. I mean, Nitz is this. I think this is a question I posed you, um, Dave. Is it's uh, no one in it has much of a redeeming feature you know we're reading a book about just bad people nobody's likable put it that way everyone yeah, is I damaged mean, you know everyone is damaged that is the best way to put it. everyone is damaged and they just get more and more <laughs> yeah. damaged as the series goes on well, there's one point where i think i'm saying to myself please don't get on drugs i know i can see it coming please don't get hooked on drugs yeah. Yes, I mean, the, the message, so, so, so the, the, the love interest yeah. uh, of Dash uh, is uh, Chief Red Crow's daughter. Yeah, Carol. Uh, and yeah. Her, her storyline, which you find out in a few trades down the line, is heartbreaking, to be honest. Sexy and tragic. That's how I've summed her up in my notes. Yeah. Sexy and tragic. Tattoos on her boobies. Oh, uh, God. Which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is an interesting one, which is, she's always got them out as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, yeah. I, I'm not going to. that I've got it written down, but there's a quote when her husband turns up and he says, Can you keep your clit in your pants or something? That's yeah. an issue one. Yeah. That's the first, see, see, to be honest, see, see the first the first issue that it, he, Jason Aaron does an absolutely amazing job of, of getting everything you need to know within those first 20 odd pages. And laying out the lines of narrative that go through the next 59 yeah. issues. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Everything that everything that is in there, everything you need to know is in that first issue. Yeah. And not sorry, not everything you need to know, but everything you want to find out is in that first issue. And then it's basically just a case of how did they get there? How did that happen? How did the, the FBI agents end up on the res? Yeah. Who murdered them? How were they murdered? How did Dash get back to the res? Why did they leave the res in the first place? What's the, the connection with Gina and Red Crow? 
you know, the whole thing is just laid out in that first issue. Like, wait, I want to know more. Yeah. Now. And you, that Gina Redcrow thing, we won't spoil the Gina thing, but the Gina mm. Redcrow thing is you begin, you immediately think, is he shagging his sister? And I'm not saying Red Crow and Gina, but I'm saying Dash and someone else. You immediately think that, don't you? Yes, there is a wee bit you think, hmm, hold on here. Are they, <laughs> yeah, are they, is this what's going on? <laughs> but it turns out that it's not. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really does drag you down. I mean, the, the, I, I think I sent you um, a few quotes from a documentary um, that I'd watched. Um, I'll, I'll tell everyone what it is because it is really good. Um, it's uh, Peter Santanelli, Santanello, and he's got a YouTube channel, and he basically goes to the poorest places in the world, especially in America, and he goes to um, the reservation that this is kind of based on uh, in this documentary. Right. Um, there's a great quote on a wall which I wrote down and sent it to you. We're not Indians and we're not Native Americans. We're older than both concepts. We're the people. We're the human beings, and that's written on the side of the buildings. But he travels around with this old dude who's kind of got a, had a life, man, you know, and he says. He remembers there being machine gun posts put up against the white man coming into the res and stuff. You know, incredible, incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the whole way through that, it's, it's almost like Jason Aaron lived in a res. You know, I mean, yes. Just by the, by the, the, the information that he gives you, you know, it's like, was it three million? Oh, I can't remember. Something about um, so many people being um, alcoholics. Most of it, most of everyone's out. Most of the people on in South Dakota are on the reservation are alcoholics, yeah. and, and the ninety-eight percent of them or something are unemployed. Yeah, so it's a, it's it's a it's, it's a it. terribly sad place, isn't it? You know, oh, God, the, yeah. one of the poorest places. I mean, there's there's a comment in this about the bar, and he says to um, Carol, doesn't it? it's not Carol, is it? It's his um, yeah, Carol. He says to Carol, "How are you drunk? They're not allowed to sell alcohol in the bar because they yeah. that I think that was a law that came in that you couldn't yeah, actually yeah. sell alcohol to people." You know. Yeah, it was like the biggest alcohol um, consumption in, in the country in America, and there was you weren't allowed to drink. Yeah, you couldn't sell it over the over the bar. I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. Very very unusual. I'm not, it does. It just sounds like a horrible, horrible place to live. Yeah. And anyone living there in this, because I don't know what the office is like in real life, um, but yeah, it just sounds like a like a terrible place. To live. Yeah. And and stuck in the middle of this is you know as part of that you know they show that you know terrible life is this the the building of the casino which is central to Red Crow's plans to you know take the money for himself and in a way also you kind of think bring the tribe up a bit with him you know he's terror you know he's utterly corrupt but oh, there's yeah. a little bit in him you think yeah he's about the tribe sometimes you know yeah 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 I mean well. His whole storyline starts off where he is, um, he's fighting for the tribe, he's, he's, he's fighting for, for, for tribes to be recognised, I think is what it, yeah. what it kind of is, you know, he's fighting for the um, indigenous people, um, you know, to, to, you know, they were here first, kind of, he, he mentioned something about the European white man, yeah. um, being a bunch of liars or something, or, or not sticking together or something, whereas we, uh, we, will, we have stuck together uh, in this, in this court case kind of thing. Um, yeah, so you know his early days, probably late twenties, early thirties, he's fighting for his people, his his tribe, um, and, and try to bring them up. But I think I guess he just he just gets more and more corrupted as. Yeah, know. there's some there's something of the kingpin, isn't there, about him, the character? Yeah. You know. Also, yeah. one of my favourite lines is, uh, "Bad horse goes to confront him, doesn't he?" And he's he beats up the men on the the bodyguards on the door and goes into the town council meeting, puts a gun at the back of Red Crow's head and says, that's not yeah. my dick in the back of your head. And Red Crow, cool as a cucumber, goes, well, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the that's best line absolute ever. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So good. Like, you know, straight off the tongue, nice and calm, all that. That's, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking, you touched on it a minute ago, man, but how do you feel, I don't know what you think about this, but what do you think about it, it being a, a story about the Lakota, but written by a man who isn't? and an artist who isn't you know oh, well you know i mean i don't i don't really know i mean the thing is we're obviously complete outsiders to the lakota tribe so i don't yeah. know if we can really comment on it i guess it's up to the, the lakota tribe to to comment on it and be like um yeah he's not you know he's not this he's not part of this tribe can he really paint us in this way i guess it's really up to them to 
to yeah. that, I think I'm past that, man. I think if you put the work in, you know, and you make it good, yeah, I'm, I'm okay for, with for it. Me, yeah. yeah, yeah, for me, I enjoyed the enjoy the read. It's not offended me in any way. Yeah, um, whether or not it's offended other people, I'm not too sure. So it's encouraged me to learn about them. Yeah, you know, 100. Yeah, yeah. We, I, we, we've we've talked about documentaries on YouTube and stuff like that. And I went back. I mean, I was a big fan of a book my father made me read as a kid. I've mentioned it on the ACP actually. Bury my heart and wounded knee. And um, I reread l l big chunks of it this week that are about the Lakota and their history. So it it has encouraged me to. Um, go back and learn about these people. You know, they such a rich and interesting history to them. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Actually, um, and I've not, I don't think I've mentioned this, but um, I, I read. Uh, I never read it all right enough. Is it East to West? Oh yeah, yeah. Which is kind of sci-fi western, isn't it? Yeah. Sci-fi western, yeah. And it's um, so it's set uh, whatever sci-fi western, and it's I think it's Seven Nations of America. Ah, okay. The British is one nation. I think Chinese China is another nation. I think Americans or Texans, Texas is another nation, and there's an Indian, uh, 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 indigenous people um, yeah. nation. And I always, when I read that, I thought, God, I wonder what that would have been. What would the world have been like? Well, that relates to the seven tribes that the Ogola Lakota were part of, isn't it? Maybe. Mm, I think that's where that's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who would is meet it, once a year? Yeah. Yeah. What would that? What would that world have been like if uh, you know Europeans didn't go in and fucking slaughter them all? Yeah, man, I know. The um, now the, the, one of the questions I posed to you when we talked about this um, online is: Has this influenced the way that you write at all? I, I would, yeah, I'm going to have to say yeah. I, think yeah. I would say so. Yeah, um, in, there's, there's nothing I really write that's um, positive. It's all pretty, pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but um, you know, I definitely think it has uh, influenced me. Um, <coughs> it's just because it's it's it, it, it's you know it's grimy that's why I like it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a grimy dark um book that is just you know almost real life the world isn't rosy i wish yeah. it was but it's just not and you know when you read something that's you know colorful and fruity and it's sure it's got its place um i just don't believe it yeah I'm it's there's an honesty to this i think you know ah, exactly I'm too, I'm too i'm too cynical to to have flowers and rainbows stuff yeah me there. too man yeah i think <laughs> i think People live in, especially these days, you know, post-COVID when no one leaves their house and works from home and stuff, people live in their little lovely world, don't they? And they don't see the reality of what's going on in some of the darker yeah. corners. And I think sometimes people do need to realise that, you know. They definitely do. I mean, yeah, like exactly, so everyone lives in a wee bubble. Yeah. Um, and there's there's so much um, bad stuff going on out there that I think people need to open their eyes a little bit and actually, uh, yeah, look and see it because it is, it is there. And, you know, if, if folk know that it's there, then possibly... They would maybe try and help the situation a little bit more, yeah. you know, rather than just kind of hiding away from it. And you know, ignorance is bliss, and all that's not really there because completely ignore it. Yeah, well, it was a massive eye opener for me learning about this tribe. You know, yeah, seeing yeah. how they lived and how they are treated, and you know how they how their rules and laws are different from you know just outside the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. You know, it's, it's an interesting look into. Uh, yeah, that that their lifestyle and where they've come from, and I'm pretty sure later on in the trade. They're almost they settle there. I wouldn't say that the big choose to settle there. They're almost yeah. pushed there. Yeah. Um, by by Europeans or Americans, if you like, and and so they've got no choice, uh, and they're, they're pushed to the kind of the, 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 the rubbish part of the states, really. Yeah. Um, and then rather than lying down, they have chosen to kind of uh, stand as tall as they possibly can, and that's and that's the the, the strong yeah. guys that you have within this book. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I mean, the 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 sort of over sort of very quick pen picture of their history is that they they were they were granted the you know, the Black Hills of Dakota um, as their hunting ground, and then the white man discovered that there was gold there, um, and a series of events occurred, um, you know, in in all different places in all different ways that resulted in the Little Bighorn, which was a you know mighty triumph for Lakotas and other tribes. Um, and then the revenge was taken back on them by the Seventh Cavalry um, at Wounded Knee, which is where the name "Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee" comes from. Yeah, where they were decimated. Yeah, they really were. And then, and like you say, they were pushed into these reservations. I mean, even the police, the sheriffs from outside, can't chase criminals over the border of the reservation. Um, it has to be the reservation police and stuff like that. It's this really interesting set of set of laws and rules and stuff that they have to live by. You know, incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's a it's a crazy state of affairs. So, but it's, it's, it's yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite difficult to get your head around it actually. Yeah, it it's, is, some, yeah. it's somewhere I would like to go and visit. However. Yeah, I'm pretty scared to ask any questions. <laughs> it's like that time Johnny took me around a certain area of Glasgow. There's <laughs> <laughs> a few places like that for sure. <laughs> um, but I think we kind of love the underdog, don't we, as well in the story? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And you know, to a kid who grew up on John Wayne movies, they're the ultimate underdog, aren't they? Really? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they are. Um, I mean, I mean, the whole, the, yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole res basically is is is, is, is an underdog. You know, mm. what's that? What's that line in Reservoir Dog? I've got bigger teeth than you, and that's kind of the way the way it is. Dog, yeah. It's a dog eat dog world, and I've got oh, it's teeth. so dog eat dog. It's so violent. So, you know, life is cheap. You know, it really yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah, life is cheap. I mean, there's even a part uh, later on where um, you know Red Crow has um, raised all this money for this casino through dodgy means and uh, loans from um, other dodgy gangsters. I feel like yeah. And, uh, at one point, they come to visit him, and they're like, hey, "Look, do you realise that you know this person is dealing coke on the side, and this person's dealing meth on the side, and this person doing all this?" And you know, he, he, the gag disappears, and he's, Red Crow is talking to his own uh, right hand man. He's like, "Of course I know that you know he yeah. names a name. He's doing this. He, he's doing this because he's." His kids is you know needing extra needs or whatever you know so he knows it's all happening yeah and so it's like you know it's a dog eat dog world and everyone's doing kind of their own thing and you know the chief knows this and that's just the way the res is yeah everyone is, is everyone is skimming off the top basically yeah it really is yeah trying, trying to which which leads me a little bit into my um my theory which I ran very briefly past you that this is Hamlet mm. now the prince. Let's call him the Prince of Denmark. His bad horse, you know. Yeah. Um, Red Crow is the king. His, his, you know, his mother is a significant part who perhaps has had affairs with two different men. You know, let's not ruin who's who's the father. Um, the girl is is insane, you know, like Ophelia, you know. Mm. Um, the um, the conciliator Polonius, you know, you've got as catcher, I would say. Um, bad horse, like the Prince of Denmark, has returned from being away and he's there to take the crown almost, you know. But he right. himself has his insanity issues. I think there's direct lines with it. I'd be interested to ask, I don't know if he's ever been asked this, but I'd be interested to ask if, the, I mean, it's a very well used kind of storyline, but I think, I think there's definite ways to look yeah. at it like that, you know. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's a parallel for sure. I've, I've never read Hamlet. Yeah, I did um, do a, a quick Google search and uh, read a wee synopsis right. um, of Hamlet. And, it, and basically, the way, the way I seen it was um, uh, the. What did you say? The Prince of Denmark? That yeah, that's who Hamlet is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hamlet is uh, looking for redemption. Yes. Is that be right? And I'm like, well, if In a Dash way. is looking. Yeah, if Dash is looking for redemption, he's going about it up one hell of a <laughs> yeah, the wrong but, way, you know. But it's almost like. Well, there is. I mean, Hamlet is suicidal in a way, yeah. and Dash is the same, isn't he? He just oh, puts yeah. himself at such risk, you know, Yeah. how he doesn't die. I mean, some bloke has literally got a knife to his throat, and he pulls a gun out and put, and holds it backwards and points it at the bloke's head. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's crazy. I mean, there's, there's, there's a part, I think it's the first read, actually, yeah. um, where his mum's looking for him. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she she keeps asking and she keeps just missing him. And one guy says, uh, "I don't know where he is, but whatever he is, some guy's fixing for a kicking, yeah, or whatever." So basically, wherever Dash goes, he's kicking some, he's beating someone up. Yeah. You know, he's just he's just constantly fighting with people. He's like a pit bull, you know. He's just like fucking, just die, just yeah, hell for leather from start to finish. And the, the, the opening two or three pages, that's what happens. He he takes on a whole gang of. I get a whole gang of people, you know. It's like yeah, to prove his to prove his worth to get yeah, that prove. job, doesn't he? He's like yeah, he's he's on a mission to get in there with with um with Red Crows, isn't he? But he's doing it by just fucking killing people. Everyone's saying that, yeah, <laughs> just uh, just punching yeah, lumps at the lot of them. It's it's uh, weird, isn't it? Because I still like him. I still worry <laughs> about him. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, I think because he's the protagonist, and you kind of want him to do well, but. 
do you like the character or do you like him? I mean, and yet you can tell that he's damaged. And so someone yeah. who is damaged, there's always a route to things, you know? So it's like, well, why is he doing this? Why is he like this? He's obviously had something happen to him. He's know, been away in the war, isn't he? He's fought in the war, I think. You know, he's yeah, been yeah. So in the army. Yeah, but, yeah. but even before that, I mean, the the, 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 the picture you shared, that's the page you shared, sorry. Of, oh, God, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's the opening page to it. Is it issue two? Yes, oh. as I, and it's, um, yeah, I could just say, can't I? Yeah. It's a lovely page. So it's, a, you know, a guy shot basically up against, I'm taking the page out just now, up yeah. against the, uh, a barn, what it looks like, and it's, and it's snowing. And he must be, oh, he looks about, what, four, five, six, yeah. something? Yeah. He's young. Um, and his mum's like, look, look, look at him, Dash. But I want you to keep looking at him. And your dash is like, just innocent little face. I don't, I don't want to look, mum. He's like, no, no, you look at this dead person. That person's been shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. And every time you pick up a gun, you remember that this is what... That's hard love, isn't it? Fucking hell. I mean, <laughs> I've got a four-year-old. There's no way I, I could not show him that. I thought I'd even like to show him a squashed bug in the floor. I know, <laughs> yeah. Let alone a, a man being... I don't let him watch EastEnders. Never mind fucking... <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, he's obviously had a, a horrible upbringing, so you feel sorry for him because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, but he's, he's not a, he's not, he's not a likeable character because of things he, he, he does. He just yeah. Outside, outside of him, have you got any favourite characters in this? Catcher. Catcher's me as well, yeah. yeah. So those who don't know, Catcher is this, he was a member, they, were they called the Dog Soldiers? I can't remember the name of the little... Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that wee band of the... Um, Freedom fighters, could you call them that? Yeah, yeah. extremists, I suppose. Terrorists, some might say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was part of them, and he was part of that central conspiracy, uh, which is the central secret of it all. Um, and but he's become a, a, a like a, a loner. He lives out in the hills. You know, he, he drinks a lot and rides a horse about, but he's always there watching, isn't he? You know, he's always yeah, he's always round the uh, round about with you know, he, he he speaks to thunder gods as well. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of um, traditional um, uh, uh, God, native indigenous people of blah, 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 yeah, indigenous uh, people, fine. yeah, 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 people, yeah. Um, so he 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 he, he um, speaks a lot of that, uh, a lot of. Um, you know, you've seen the thunder, the thunder animals. He speaks the thunderstorms and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he 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 brings to the kind of forefront the the, the mytholog- mythological uh, yeah. aspect of it. He's, he's, a, he's a great character. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, he looks great as well. And that horse yeah, is straight out of a a, a, a Leone movie, isn't he? You know. Yeah, it's old raggedy horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just he just he beat me to it. He looks amazing. Yeah. You know, he is a proper. Um, Western imagery, basically. Yeah, my other favourite is, and we don't see much of him, him in Volume One. You although he does appear, is Shunker, Shunker, uh, who's mm. the bodyguard of Red Crow. Um, yep. Who, if there was a, ever a character that's got an arc of development, he's it, and he. He. I remember okay. when that reveal happens, mm. you go, oh, yeah. You think you didn't right. expect that? Yeah. No, he did not expect that, and it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all oh, right, okay. Now we'll see what's going on. Yeah, they're really, really good. Yeah, amazing. I completely yeah. forgot about that actually until the the the, uh, the second reader was like, ah. Then yeah. I can, can I can flood them back and I was like, right, okay. And he, and he's kind of the only person in it who could possibly beat Dash in a fight, isn't he? He's sort of. Aye. They two are um, they they two kind of square off. I don't think they ever actually fight though, do they? Do they? Uh, I can't Not remember. Sure. I have to have a, I haven't got that far on my reread. Yeah. They might come to small fifty cups, but nothing major. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head now. But they line that up, don't they? So early, he puts that in your brain so early. Is well, you've got, got yeah, Chuck has got the figures. Yeah, because he's throwing knives in that first scene. You see him; he's throwing knives, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's. I know what Aaron's saying there. Aaron's saying, this is the dude who's who's mm. up against Dash. He's the competition. Yeah. You know. If you look at the statue he's throwing knives at, um, it's a uh, uh, the, the statue has got uh, the one eye looks like it's been hit repeatedly. That's it. Yeah, eye. everything else is, it looks normal. But he's obviously got such a good aim. It's always I think it's the left eye. He's just always flinging this knife at yeah. this one eye. Um, so yeah, he sets it up as if this guy could be Dash. Yeah. Right, good stuff, man. Let's talk a little bit about Aram Gera because I think he's he is a real hit. We've we've previously on the podcast spoken about um, 
um, about Jason Aaron, although, you know, he's still a, a mighty power at Marvel and, you know, Image as well at the moment. But let's talk a little bit about Aram Gera. So I read a quote by Aram Gera in an interview this week that I really loved. He said, our job is not to illustrate, but to express. Each drawing is a sentiment. The style doesn't matter. It's about expression and what you feel about it. I love that quote, man. I've always said that there's a lot to be said for emotion on a page, and I think he, he really nails it there. He's um, He said his influences include Noel Sickles, um, Jack Davis, Milton Kniff, Wally Wood, Frank Robbins, Jean Girard, a.k.a. Mobius, and Alex Toth. Um, Arangir, a.k.a. his real name is Rachko Milosevic. Uh, or he also draws under the name Gera. Um, he's a Serbian, a.k.a. Um, I think he, from the originally from Yugoslavia. Uh, he lived in Belgrade. He now lives in Barcelona. Um, started work mostly in the Western genre uh, in Serbia on Elmer Jones and the Texas Rangers books. Um, he's probably more active in BD. He's worked quite a lot with Glenn A. Um, as a young man, he he, um, he toured around Europe playing what he describes as gypsies playing music. Um, he he claims he's got a sense of what real poverty is and used it in this work because... Um, he'd experienced the life of the and this is a word he uses gypsies and he translated a lot of that into the pages of um this book which is interesting i don't think he's ever been to a reservation i know you know film and still imagery is now easily available isn't it but he he sort of channeled that mood and that vibe i think into it um he says it wasn't until issue 25 of scalp that he understood how to use light and dark in the story i don't i didn't notice that did you or I think it's a, it's light and dark the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, I think, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Heavy use of shadow in a lot of it, Dave, isn't there as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, there's no heavy use of shadow. It's, I mean, that work is, is, is phenomenal. It's yeah. so well detailed, it's so lifelike. Um, it's not, you know, um, it's not cartoony, but it's, it, it just looks real. You can, it, you, you, every character is recognisable. You know, when a character was on the page, you know who this, who that guy is. Yeah, uh, you know, but yeah, they're all they're all they're all amazing. I think the details are amazing. I'm not too sure what you mean about the light and dark. Like, yeah, no, maybe that's just how he feels about it. But yeah, there's there's because there's like you say, there's the pages that are some of the favourites of mine, which are out in the snow. Mm. But you've also got the the darkness of the bars and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm going to say I think I messaged you about this. I'm going to say I see some shaking in his work. I think in the way he draws. Um, women. There's a moment where um, uh, Carol sat, sat on the uh, the jukebox yeah. waiting to have sex, as always, right. as always she ever does. Um, and to me, that looked like a shaking. Shaking draws gorgeous women. It looked a bit like a shaking to me, you know. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, 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 agree with you on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Carol the whole way through it. She's got this. I mean, she, she's she's stunning. Yeah, um, but you also know that she's uh, fucked up, basically. Yeah, yeah, she's you know, just, she's um, she's uh, where some people eat their emotions. She's sort of yeah. shagging her emotions away, isn't she? I think you know, yeah, shagging it and wearing it. I would say as well. Yeah, um, yeah and sticking just, it up her nose from looking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, probably there's a lot more than just fucking that 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 drug going on. Um, yeah, but there's yeah, uh, you, 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 you kind of last year, a girl you would see in the bar and think. Oh God, you are, you are trouble. <laughs> yeah, keep away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep away from her. It's like if I go home with her, I might not make it out. <laughs> yeah, Christ. Yeah, she's yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, the um, Armgo has also worked on uh, Django Unchained with Jason Latour, who's obviously um, Aaron's buddy. Um, he he's busy. He often works on um, animation and storyboards, and is also he says in his bio a capable blues musician. There you go. That's interesting. Um, any particular pages that stood out for you, dude? Yes, there okay. are a few. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the, the, the cover is amazing by Jock. Um, so I've, I've picked out two pages. Um, okay. One page in particular is, is the one. I'll, I'll do the first page first. So the first page is just after Indian Country Chapter 3, and it's the first page. Okay. And it's where Bad Horse and Fall Officer Falls Down are about to jump into the barn. Yeah, um, another one. Yep. Yeah. And so the reason I like that image is because it looks Western. It does, isn't it? They both got sort of uh, cowboy hats on, haven't they? They've got the cowboy hats on. They're, um, they're holding uh, rifles or shotguns, whatever it is. They're standing um, 
uh, next to a, a, a barn door or a stable door, uh, and it just looks, you know, they've got the grass and, and everything there, it just looks like something from a western. So for that reason, I quite like that. However, the one I've chosen... Can I say with that one, that's, and you're right when you say it, I completely agree when you say it's a western, but it's mm. also kind of, to me, like an old-school western. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a spaghetti western or anything sort of we consider cool now, but it's it's like El Dorado or something like that. You know, it's got that old school John Ford western feel about it. That page to me, yeah, yeah lovely. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lovely page, um, but it's not the page I've chosen. The page I've chosen is number seventy-eight. Okay. It is the end of oh god, is it chapter four possibly? Is it maybe the same chapter actually? Okay. I think it might be the same chapter. And so what it is, is uh, it's two panels. Um, the top panel is like a quarter of the page, and it's Catcher. And it's um, he is standing, um, you see his horse behind him, so he's clearly standing on a hill. So Catcher is at the front, right. the horse is at the back, and Catcher's whole, he's, he's looking down, um, he's actually looking down, I think, at the FBI agents. Yeah. Um, and he is holding oh, his yeah. in the kind of small of his arm, if you like. Um, proper western looking imagery, um, the old shaggy horse behind him, or the beaten up horse behind him and the pylons going over, over oh, the yeah. back of him, so yeah. you've got this kind of old looking uh, image of a proper western with pylons as well and then the other image, the mate of it was most of the page, uh, he's looking over, the, he's up on top of the mountains you can see kind of cars driving by and um, he's just looking down at the whole reservation basically but yeah. it's more what he says it's like Looks like I was right, Festus. He's talking to his horse. Looks yeah. like I was right, Festus. Reckon, reckon I ain't as dumb as you think I am. Them thunder beans ain't never let, lied to me yet. No siree, Bob. A shitstorm. That's what the hell I'm looking at. Goddamn <coughs> shitstorm. Yeah. That line is just like... What yeah. a line. Yeah, to finish an issue as well. Because it is a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing, the whole book. It's the whole just... Get, I think it's an exercise in things just getting fucking worse, man. Yeah, you know. definitely. Um, and it, the the way he's drawn in that top left of the page, mm. he looks so gaunt he could almost be a dead man, couldn't he? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just looks terrible. He looks like someone. He just, ah, yeah. He just looks, yeah. He could, he could be a ghost. Yeah. At, at this point, yeah. I don't know if you've seen him interacting with anyone. Actually, you've seen him. You, you, yeah, you, you do wonder him. about that, don't you? You wonder whether he's just a spirit, don't you? Uh huh. Yeah, because he's always talking about thunder being. He, he, he's always in the background. You think, is this guy real or who is this? Who is this guy? What's going on with him? Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you say, it's just how he describes exactly what's going on. It's a goddamn shit stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the colours in this man. Let's let's mention um, Lee Larridge um, because I think he definitely needs to mention his his colour work really supports that mm. Argera's work in this. Just beautiful. Um, I actually genuinely think I've mentioned him a couple of times on the ACP just coincidentally recently. I think he's one of my favourite colourists. Um, he brings that collaborative gold for me. Um, some other sort of standout work of his has been Stumptown. Um, he worked on Heavy Liquid with Paul Pope. Um, he did some Hellblazer in the original run. He did some lovely, lovely work in Deadly Class, if you've read that, the, the Image series. Um, and then there's a series, um, Not I don't ever hear anyone talking about this series, but it's um, Dark Horse, and it kind of runs a bit parallel to this kind of book. It's like this crossed with um, Sons of Anarchy, maybe, um, called Briggsland. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Well, uh, really good. Yeah, nobody ever seems to talk about it. I actually really recommend it. It's a very short uh, Vertigo run, and then they do like a little spin-off six-issue series. But, uh, yeah, he coloured that as well. Yeah, real class. I think if, you know, the page I was going to pick was page 23, um, and which is the one I talked about where he's... Um, He's got a knife to it. I think he's got a knife to his throat, and yeah. um, he holds. He pulls a gun out and points it at the back of this dude. Yeah, but uh, what was that guy called again? He's called. Oh, is it Diesel? Diesel, that's it. That's yeah. It. He's, the, he's the guy who's not an Indian, but plays an Indian. And near words, and near words. That's what they say. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One sixteenth, I think he says. One sixteenth Lakota or something Lakota. Yeah, it's like Stephen Segal says that. I don't know whether I believe him either, but. Uh, yeah. um, but the colour on this page, I found actually sort of works incredibly well. But it's almost like counterintuitive. It's almost in green tones, green and light, you know, greeny blue tones. It's a strange one. Um, but you've got Gira playing the top half of the page in close-ups. There's a close-up of the hand. There's a close-up of the face. Close-up of Diesel's eyes. You know, and then he pulls out into what 
these days a lot of people would do as a double page spread to draw like 20 people um from just an incredible angle you know he's like looking down from 10 feet tall down on a crowd of people all who are doing their own thing all who are perfectly rendered and so believable aiming guns at people um in this sort of standoff it's just really well done yeah they're all aiming guns at different people out there they're all even guns at each other. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Some of them are dashed. You know, there's a guy where, you know, the, the, the two guys in the forefront, uh, you know, they're aiming not at Dash or Diesel. They're aiming at the other crowd. Yeah. The other guy's aiming at this guy. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. all over the place. It's, like it's like a sort of um, Hong Kong movie standoff, isn't it, in a way? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what Larry's does is there's one single click of a gun where he pulls, he's pulling the hammer back, and he does it in red. Which it just wouldn't occur to me to have that in red. I don't know why, but it does work. You know, it's that dangerous click of a gun. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if this was to bang, this is it. It's all going to kick off. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So good, so good. I mean, the other the other page I was going to choose was the one we've already talked about, which is that um, the credit page for um, issue two, where mm. his mum's saying, "No, you look at that dead man." Yeah, she's doing that with him. Um, that's, just, that's, that's a lovely piece. Snow and everything is just fantastic on that. Piece. Yeah, the the again the use of red against a white, a white and blue snowfield is just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. So you've roared through and read the whole thing, have you? Yes, I have. The last the last week of the week before, possibly. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've done it in a week. Wow. <laughs> I think I sat up until about three in the morning. I think I read read the last three trades. Back to back. <laughs> I was like, I can't put this down. I know what's happening. I need to. I need to finish it. I need to. I need to know. I need to, you know, fill in the blanks because it's been, it's been, it's been that long since I had read it. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I need to finish this. It is. Yeah. It's a book we don't need anything more of. I think it's in and out. Yeah, One to sixty. Know. We don't need anything else. You know. Yeah, yeah. You don't want. Uh, you know. What? How? You know. You don't want. Um, what's that? What Chief Red Crow done? Bef- you know, in between. Yeah. What you know of. Shunker's mission or something like that. You know. Yeah, you, you don't need any any uh, side stories. Carol like robbing a bank. You know, we don't need any of that bollocks. Yeah, you're right. The no, um, there's also a little intermission in it, which I found really interesting, which is the story about the couple who live in the house who are having to go to a food bank, even though it shames the husband, and a plane yeah. crashes. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yes, yes. That was a that was an amazing wee story. Yeah. It, that whole that whole trade, I think, is short stories. I think that's the revelation of a Shunker is in, is in that trade. Mm. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that whole that, that yeah, that was such an interesting story. Such a shame. Yeah. Um, beautifully but, uh, told. Uh, yeah, beautifully told. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And I don't I don't think Aaron's been. I think this is amazing. I haven't seen him better. I don't know, it's people's tastes come and go, but. I'm re- I read a lot of what he does. I read the when we we've been quite a bit contrary on the uh, contrary on the uh, Punisher story he's just done. Um, I didn't enjoy certainly the last couple of years of his Avengers run, but right. this this stuff for me is exactly what he should be doing. Um, yeah, you know, you know what? I knew this question was going to come up, and I was right. like, I don't think I've read anything. Uh, anything else Jason Aaron has done okay. so, so you know googled Jason Aaron what he's, what he's worked on it and I looked at everything else I was like I don't really want to read that these have not read any of it I don't want to read it I don't want to read you know I, I think Avengers vs X-Men or something yeah, well, yeah that's the only one I've read is Avengers right. vs X-Men that's the only one and I don't think he wrote all of that I think yeah. he was just part of it because there was a, there was a whole list of writers uh, credited in that yeah um, so I can see um, so yeah, nothing else really stood out that I wanted to to read, and so I think that's why I've never read anything else that he's done. Yeah, I mean this is so head and shoulders above most other yeah. books, you know, to me. Yeah, because every, everything else he's done is you know X Men. Uh, you see Avengers? Did they do Thor for a while? Yes, yeah, big time. Yeah, he, I mean the movie, the last Thor movie is based very much on a load of stuff he did. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah, it just didn't. I was just like, I think. I was just I've been I've been done with the big two for a long time. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, and I think scalp was one of the reasons why. I'm just like right. I'm not I'm not really interested in jumping into this kind of stuff. I, I've said I've had enough superheroes. I, I, even the movies at the moment, I'm just done with the movies as well. The TV. Me stuff. too, man. Yeah, me too. Oh god, just too, just too much. Um, yeah. So yeah, so when I did when I googled to see what he had what else he had written, I then quickly realised that's why I've not read anything else he's done. 
Yeah, I think you're right with the movies. I think I wrote on the. I don't know. I don't think everyone quite agreed with this, but I wrote in the Slack, didn't I? I just saw the new Flash movie. What the fuck was all that about? Yeah, mm, I've still not seen it. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah leave yeah, it. I'll, I'll wait until it's two and a half hours of my life I wasted. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that. Thanks, man. I, I, I really took a dive into this stuff. Um, you know, reading books and watching documentaries, and it's it's a beautiful and interesting area that we should know more about. I mean, we know everything about fucking America, don't we? We know fuck yeah. all about the people who actually own the country. You yeah. Know? Um, You're totally right. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's an, they're an interesting people, that's yeah. for sure. And the yeah. world would have been a, a different different place if there was more of them. And I think if America took more notice of living the way that they lived rather right. than just forcing European values onto the country, I think, yeah. We would not be the best of what we're doing. I think you're right, man, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, let's let's change tack a little bit and talk a bit about you, because it's the first time we've had you on, so um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I'm, I, um, I'm, I'm a lover of your book, Glass City. I think it's a, it's, a, it's one of the best written uh, small press books out there, man. I will be honest with you, I think. And i just reread issue one. We we got on a bit early, so I was in the middle of my reread of issue two, so I haven't quite reread that one. But um, first one, I, I I love the switch and bait you do in the first twenty pages of that book, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always tell people it's like when the back when with a sales pitch is kind of it's, it kicks off on page fifteen. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, cause it's, yeah. It's completely, it's completely different. You know, <coughs> I feel like when folk pick it up, they're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, no, just get to page thirteen and you'll, you'll see what's going because, on. Because you say sort of, um, oh, this is about you know, you know the massive. It's, it's kind of like a massive city in Scotland. It's, it's, it's both mm. Edinburgh and Glasgow and everything between Easter House yeah. and everything, isn't it? Joined into one yeah, massive yeah. city, um, and it opens in Japan. You know, I'm thinking. You know, if you re- you know if you know if I was a newcomer to it, I'd be thinking, is this have they put the wrong comic on Comicsology or something? You know, it's a bit like that, isn't it? You know, I think when I started writing this, I I, I, I think what I'd actually done was I had I created a whole world, um, but I, I shortened it down to those kind of thirteen pages um, of right. what you've got. So I think the original part was. You know, like thirty odd pages of just world building, and I'm like, this is just too much. You right. Know, so I thought, let's just concentrate in one area, uh, and that's what I've done. I'd also just come back from Japan at the time. <laughs> so, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> I think that had a bit yeah. of an influence on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, did you want to give people just a, an overview of what it's about, dude? And I've seen you do this on a stage. I'd like to point out. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll just do my sales pitch if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so, so Glass City is basically um, it's set it's hundred years in the future. Um, Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, or Glasgow and, and Dunedinburgh is what they're, they're, they are in in, 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 the, in, that, in that world. Right. Um, are one big mega city, um, and they're uh, they're called Glassborough, and the Glasgow side or the Glasgow side is um, nicknamed the Glass City by the locals. Yeah, because it's violent, so it's glass that's supposed to represent as if you're getting glassed at a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty violent. Um, and Detective Gabriel Gatti is mourning the loss of his missing kid five years on, and he uh, stumbles on a case that directly mirrors his own, and he delves deeper into an already dark and sinister side. Cool. And art by Roman, how do you pronounce it, Gubski? Go- well, I think it's Gubski. Yeah, Gubski. Roman Gubski. Yeah. Cool. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Roman yeah. I send off, you know, big uh, uh, Facebook messages to Roman, uh, you know, like 20 odd, 30 odd lines, and I get like a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like that for years. You know, that's it. And I'm like, Roman, I tried to video call him one day, and he's just like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Have you met him, ever met him in person? I've never met him in person. Oh, that's kind of cool. Never had a, I've never actually had a proper, I've never heard his voice. I've tried to phone him lots of times. Um, he's just not into it. And it's like, you know what? when the messenger pings and I get a page from him I'm just like Phew. yeah I love all that man yeah he doesn't want to talk to me I don't need to talk to him because this page is and you know and he comes up with it he comes up with the goods every time good man yeah now I've got a theory about this now I'm going to describe it as part Glasgow haven't been there um, part Mega City and part train spotting mm, yeah okay. I would agree oh that's good there you go yeah yeah, I think yeah, I think you're kind of spot on. Definitely, uh, you know, Judge Dredd is a huge influence. Yeah, yeah, 
and me and then yeah train spotting is, is another huge huge, huge influence because there's a few yeah. there's a few bars and horrible people in bars and all that sort of thing in there you know? yeah yeah there's a there's it's, it's a it's, the reason I changed it from so have you ever been to to Scotland? Uh, the Scottish government have spent millions of pounds in renaming um, all the English places to Gaelic places. Oh so right, okay. Glasgow, and then underneath it you have Glasgow, which is spelled G L A S C H U. Oh okay. Right. So what I've done is I've done taken all the Gaelic versions, it's like Japan for example. So I called Japan Nippon. Right, uh, which is the uh, what, what Japanese people refer to Japan, they call it Nippon. Yeah, and um, so I've, t- I've kind of taken all that. Um, uh, I've used all the kind of original, if you like, places to kind of create my own wee world. I kind of forgot where I was going with this. Here. That's fine, man. That's good. <laughs> the other thing I was going to compare it to is um, it, taking it back like is comparing it to Scout because everyone's a flawed person in this, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, I try to create a character or, or a backstory of a character that is just, um, yeah, damaged. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, everyone is. There's not. It's not a very. It's not a very nice place. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, the world has moved on to such a place where no one gives two shits about anyone anymore. I mean, yeah. he, he walks in. He walks into a bar and he asks for a pod, a pod for one, please, or an isolation pod. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. And basically, what that is is a place he can sit enclosed by himself and drink alone. And yeah. not be disturbed. He can watch people, but you know, not be not engaging anyone. Yeah. And Facebook not so long ago, an advert comes up for a pod that you can buy for your bath or for your office. You can, you can now get these things. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we've got them at the we've got them at the university. I refer to them as screaming pods. We can go yeah. and scream in them. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah, I, I don't think it's long until bars have the same and you can just go into this room and just sit in the which is a bit like do you remember in judge dread where it's illegal to smoke unless you go into like they look like big eggs in the high street don't they mm. it's a bit like that i suppose yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. interesting man yeah good so uh, volumes one and two are out you've also done a kind of um ashcan zero issue haven't you as well yeah, so that's the uh, Tales from the City. So the whole idea is a, a glass city. What, what the idea I want to do is um, have lots of stories from Glass City, but none yeah. of them are tied to each other. There'll be wee nods to each other, um, but they're not really. Uh, it's just a big city of, of madness, really. And so there's lots of. I mean, there's lots of characters to explore that uh, just do you know crazy, crazy things. So that's the whole. So the so Tales from the City is a small anthology, four stories. Yeah. Um, and like I say, they're not connected to the main story of a missing girl. They're not connected to that. There is a wee nod uh, to, to some of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm hoping I'll do... Uh, I've got one more volume to complete for the story of a missing girl. Um, and then I've got another wee kind of standalone one uh, kind of half written. I'll maybe see that. If not, I'll, um, I'll, I'll concentrate on another uh, anthology style. And you, you do other stuff? Is there any other stuff you're up to? or? Uh, not really. So DUI three, I've got a wee uh, two pager in there. Nice work, up, yeah. Uh, which I'm looking forward to, to seeing. It's, uh, it's almost there, I think. From what Eamon's been telling me, it's um, almost finished. I think. Yeah, a brief, a brief glimpse of the mind. Myself and Brian Rankin. Uh, Brian does the art on that. It's oh, Dan great. lettered it, didn't he? Danny Butcher. Oh yeah, Dan. Sorry, yeah. Dan Butcher did letter that. Actually, yeah. Uh, which is which is really cool. I didn't know who was going to letter it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eamon sent it through last week, middle of last week. It looks great. So yeah, I Brian's a good guy as well, you know. Um, yeah. I met, last time I met him was when I met you, actually, up in um, the Glasgow Comic-Con. Yeah, I've known yeah. Brian for years. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke. Yeah. And I, he seems a good dude. I've only met him a few times. Um, I think both of us are going to Frankie Frankie Boyle and Grant Morris. Oh, of course you are. Yeah. When's that? That is in October, the first week. I've got a funny feeling it could be the 9th, 8th or 9th. It's a Monday. Oh, that sounds good, man. Um, yeah, no one more. So I'm really looking forward to that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because um, Frankie Boyle did um, a comic in Clint. Right. You know, Mark Miller had that sort of monthly comic out, UK newsstand right. thing. God, twenty years ago, I suppose. I can't remember the name. Was it? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. The book that Frankie Boyle did. Um, but he did. A, he wrote a comic in it. It was all a bit bizarre. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was a, a, an interesting pairing, to be fair. So I kind of, I've been researching, and it sounds like um, 
Do I think Frankie Boyle has just had a, a book out or, or whatever? And he speaks right. about Mark Miller and Ben Morrison and uh, I think Frank Quitely as well. So he seems okay. to know yeah, so yeah. That would, explain, that would explain that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Good. Nice one, man. And uh, thanks for coming on. Um, that's been really good. Did you want to just give us all your links and what you've got coming up and where people can buy your stuff and if you've got yeah, any conventions sure. coming up, etc. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm hoping to be at Back Issue Bonanza. Uh, <laughs> that's in Glasgow, yeah? That's in Glasgow, yes. Um, I think that's the 28th of October. I'm hoping to get the day off. I'll need to double check, but fingers crossed. Um, I'm going to be at Thought Bubble whenever that is. Um, that is all I've got booked for the rest of the year. Um, you can find me in all those social media places, Glass City Comics, Facebook and Instagram, okay. Comics Glass City. For, is it Twitter? Is it X? What is it? I don't know, I don't know man. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. I've also got a, a Blue Sky Oh, look at you. Page. Oh, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm all over that. Uh, I think it's Glass City Comics. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> um, but ideally, if you uh, my Substack, that is what I like to be at the moment. Oh yeah, I enjoy your Substack, and thanks for the very calm reviews, man. Yeah, it's a good read. Your Substack, yeah. Uh, no worries. I mean, I try to do it as, as often as I can. It's quite yeah. difficult with two yeah, young kids and their work as well. Yeah. Um, but you can find me at Dave, David Craner at Substack com, and you can buy my stuff or check out my stuff at glassitycomics.pickup.com. Good stuff, man. Thanks for that. Last time I saw you, actually, you were sort of. We'd all had a few pints, and you were sort of standing at a bus stop, and I was a bit worried for you because you had a big wheelie thing full of comics. I, well, I, I actually went to meet Dave Alexander after that. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a, a lot more pints after I left you. and then <laughs> Dave Alexander's a good dude. Yeah, uh, I've heard he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually, uh, I was with him. On Thursday past there, I went to the Banksy exhibition and I went to meet them after at Jim Scott. Oh, there. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Dave was shown his, uh, his most recent issue of Viz. Oh, nice. A couple of pages in there. Oh, brill. Oh, good work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a subscriber. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we'll check it out. It'll be the most recent one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I tried to get it. I tried to get this. They don't sell things delicious. So I tried to go on their website to try and get a, get a copy. Um, and they don't sell single issues, so oh. get it, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, if I find one in the local services, I'll grab you one. Yeah, well, you, I usually see them in the motorway services when I'm out. You know. Right, yeah. sure I mean, I don't see anything up here. They're not. They're, I think WH Smith. There's no WH Smith anywhere near me. There must be one in Glasgow. I'm actually in Glasgow tomorrow, so I might have a wee look at yeah, it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, thanks, that man. And uh, always welcome. The door's always open to you if you fancy coming back and chatting about something else because that was a lovely experience reading. Scout, I've got to tell you, really good. No worries, man. That would be that be cool. Yeah, it was great. Thanks very much for having me on. Much appreciated. Absolute pleasure, man. Speak to you soon. Oh, Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye.